Welcome back to A Dragon Tamer's Fable. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, please do. This is a full-length novel, and you're going to get lost if you don't start with the prologue. In Chapter 41, Part 1, Vivin gives Seb some heartfelt advice. In this episode, Chapter 41, Part 2, the new regent is born, and an important Dragon Tamer's Council meeting takes place. Alright, let's dive in. Four days before Prince Zerade's birthday, Fauna woke with a start. It was the dead of night. She gave a moan of pain and reached out to wake Seb, accidentally smacking him in the face as he sat up. He groaned and asked, Are you... The baby's coming. Sebastian froze, then jumped out of bed. He wore only his flannel bottoms as he raced out both set of doors, told the guards to wake the physician, and ran to his mother's room. As soon as she was up, he dashed back to his room. They had a plan set in place. The physician would wake the pair of midwives. Maria would wake everyone else. They had already placed two comfortable chaise long outside of the master quarters. Unfortunately, though Seb and Theo would disagree, the binds had been caught in a blizzard and were expected to arrive after several days' delay. Fauna was breathing shakily when Seb ran back into the room. He fumbled to light a candle in the dim moonlight. As soon as it was lit, he ran over to the crackling embers of the dying fire and restocked it with kindling and logs. Fauna gasped his name, and he was at her side in an instant. My necklace. By the bath. Just as Seb always wore his leather bracelet, Fauna always wore the necklace he had given her when Nocte first hatched. They took the items off to bathe, and Fauna had forgotten hers. Seb retrieved it and clasped it around her neck as his mother and the midwives hurried into the room. They bustled him out. But I want to stay with her, Seb protested as he was shoved into the hall. Vivin, Alice, and Theo were already waiting. He gave them a gloomy look and sat down with a harsh exhale. You probably won't want to see her in pain, Seb. Theo reasoned gently. That's when I need to be with her most, the young man growled. Felicita hurried past them and entered the room. She had asked Fauna weeks ago if she'd like her to be in the room, and Fauna happily accepted her company. With five people next to her, it was a busy room. The door opened and Seb leapt to his feet, and something was promptly thrown at his face by his mother. It was a shirt. You'll catch a cold, Maria said over her shoulder as she closed the doors. Instead of putting it on, Seb sat down and twisted it in his hands. Kyle joined them, sitting next to Vivin, who was next to Seb. An hour passed, and Alice and Theo were dozing, leaned against each other on the second chaise long. Seb stood and began to pace. He looked like a caged animal, pacing nonstop and twisting his shirt. After 20 minutes, Vivin had enough. Seb, stop. You're making me motion sick. The young man sat down on the edge of the seat and asked, What time is it? Vivin glanced at his wristwatch. 2.17. Seb ruffled his hair and stared down at the floor. How long is this going to take? Vivin thought for a moment. Well, Aura's birth took nearly 12 hours. Seb groaned and slouched back against the wall. Kyle wondered over Vivin's shoulder. Now that it's close, are you hoping more for a boy or a girl? 
I don't care, Seb mumbled. As long as they're both healthy. He was unshakable in his answer. Perhaps you'll have one of each, Vivin chimed in. She could very well be carrying twins. At that suggestion, Seb pushed himself up and began pacing anew. Seb had all but twisted the shirt in two by the end of another hour. Vivin couldn't recall being this anxious about his own daughter's birth. He had been more excited than anything. Perhaps it was because Seb was accustomed to losing loved ones that it was such an anxious time for him. Maria appeared, and Seb immediately asked, Is he here? No, dear, not yet. I came to check on you. How are you? I'm fine. He's losing his mind, Vivin grumbled. Maria squeezed Seb's arms reassuringly. It shouldn't be too long now. She turned to go, and Seb caught her hand. Wait, is Fauna all right? She's doing wonderfully, Sebby, Maria said gently. She disappeared behind the heavy wooden doors again, and Sebastian leaned against the cool marble wall, pressing the back of his neck to relieve the tension. Kyle and Vivin had heard him say it. Is he here yet? Whether Seb knew it or not, a baby boy was on his mind. If it isn't going to be long, I'll go get Art. He said he wanted to be here. Vivin watched Seb carefully for a reaction. Nothing. He was about to stand when there was a cry of pain ah. from within the chambers. Sebastian was through the doors faster than Alice and Theo could jolt awake. Fauna was drenched in sweat, and the room was bustling. The midwives were boiling water and preparing fresh linens. Seb brushed past his mother and took Fauna's hand. Fawn, Fawn, are you all right? He pressed her hand imploringly. Fauna went through another painful contraction before opening her eyes. Seb, you're here. I'm right here. Do you want me here? Seb watched every minute expression on her flushed face. I'd rather you didn't see me when I'm such a mess. She gave a faint smile, and Seb shook his head. You aren't a mess. You're perfect. He took the damp cloth his mother handed him and gently dabbed her forehead. Fauna went through another contraction and Seb had to bite his lip. What an incredible grip. The baby is nearly here now. Take a deep breath and push as hard as you can, the physician ordered. With Felicita on her right and Seb and Maria on her left, Fauna was encouraged through the agonizing contractions. Come on, baby, come on, Fauna. Seb let her squeeze his hand as much as she wanted. Seb, tell Fauna good luck for me. Nocte's voice popped into his mind. He didn't have the time. With one final, excruciating push, the infant was born and let out an instant cry. Seb kissed Fauna's damp forehead and hugged his mother tight. From outside in the corridor, the others waited apprehensively. There was a sudden, enthusiastic, Woohoo! from Seb that made them laugh. What does that translate to? Vivin whispered to Alice as he stood with his arm around her. It's a boy. I know it's a boy, Alice whispered back excitedly. The door was momentarily opened by a midwife. You can visit them now. At first, no one moved. Then Theo weaved his way through the little crowd. Proud uncle coming through. And everyone followed after him.
However small the bundle was supposed to be, it looked tiny nestled into the crook of Seb's left arm. Maria was there next to him, with a hand on her son's broad back. She noticed the people filing in and gave Seb a gentle nudge. For a moment, nothing could take his eyes away from the swaddled infant. When he glanced up, he was so happy that there were tears budding in the corners of his eyes. Who wants to hold my son first? Alice clasped her hands together and whispered, I knew it! Theo took the honor of holding the Regent Prince first. Art, Kyle, and Lord Oro all offered to hold the infant once the family had rested. Arthur moved over to Maria as Alice was holding the bundle. Congratulations, Maria, he said warmly. Thank you. Their conversation was cut short by Theo asking, So, do you have a name for the little fellow? Maria's complete attention turned to Seb and Fauna. Seb shared a look with Fauna to see if he was allowed to say, We do. We've been sitting on the name for a while now, and we think it suits him. Seb quietly asked his wife if she wanted to announce it, but Fauna urged him on. He gave a quick glance to his mother before saying the name. Odax Spiri Alor. Maria clasped her hands to her chest at the name. The infant gave a little cry, otherwise Seb would have walked over to her. Are you alright? Art asked, seeing fresh tears glisten in her eyes. She nodded, and her voice wavered. I'm just very happy. Arthur hesitantly put an arm around her in support, and Maria pressed in closer to him. Vivin witnessed the exchange before Alice handed him the new prince. Everyone bade their farewells and congratulations again, leaving only a few people in the room. As Vivin held the newborn, Maria gently lifted Odox's head and slipped on a maroon knitted hat. She caressed his cheek, and Arthur escorted her back to her room. Odax, Alice murmured. I like that name. It sounds strong. It's an old Rhydonian name, Sebastian grinned. Let me guess. You found it in a book, Fivin asked softly, so he wouldn't disturb the infant. Seb smiled. You know me too well. A midwife re-entered the room and informed them that it was time for the infant to try feeding. Vivin gently handed Odax over to Fauna. Seb saw them out of the room. Isn't he perfect, Vivin? He is, Seb. He clasped his neck affectionately. Well done. Seb stroked Fauna's arm as their son slept in her arms, with milk still on his red lips. The room was silent. The dogs had been staying with Theo for the past week in preparation for Odax's birth. They would meet their new family member in the morning. I've never been more exhausted, but I don't want to take my eyes off of him, Fauna whispered, gazing at her son's face. He'll be here when you wake up, Seb kissed her shoulder. And every day till the day we die, Seb murmured, the thought striking him suddenly. Fauna raised an eyebrow at him. Which is a good thing. Here. Sebastian took Odax. Try falling asleep. I want to hold on to him for a minute. Fauna was practically asleep before her head hit the pillow. Seb stroked Odax's smooth face with the back of his finger. You're a father now, hmm? Nocte spoke using Vox Draco. 
Are you still going to have time for me? Don't be silly, Seb retorted. Human hatchlings take far more care than dragons, or so I've heard. They're far less independent and more vulnerable. That's the problem with being born without scales. Seb was amused by Nocte's thoughts. It was true, the little bundle against his chest was completely dependent on him and Fauna. On top of everything else in his life, he was now a father. Family first, he promised himself. Bring him to the window. The cold air isn't good for him. But I'm already here, Nocte protested. Seb glanced at the window where Nocte usually met him. The black-scaled dragon was flapping just outside. Seb sighed and got up, careful not to wake anyone. He pushed open the window with one hand, sheltering Odax from the initial gust of cold. Nocte sniffed the bundle curiously. I like his scent. Fresh hatchling and warm milk. Is Fauna all right? Seb grinned. He had explained that humans weren't hatchlings multiple times, but Nocte insisted on the term. He didn't know what to make of the fresh part. She is. Just tired. So she's sleeping. I'll let you be. Congratulations again, Seb. Don't let anyone know you've met him. It's our secret, Nock. The dragon agreed before flying off to the snowy hills. Sebastian laid back down on the bed after unswaddling Odax and pressing him to his chest. Covered in thick blankets, the infant slept soundly against his father's chest. I am so happy you're here, little man, Seb whispered, slowly rubbing Odax's back. I can't believe that I've only known you for an hour, but I've never loved anyone this much before. Don't tell your mom I said that. Seb kissed the infant's red forehead. I promise that I will always be there for you. I know what it's like to grow up without a father. Seb's biggest fear, though he wouldn't outright admit it. He couldn't bear the thought of leaving his wife and son to battle the world alone. Odax gave a muffled grunt in his sleep, and Seb felt his eyelids grow heavy. I'm always going to be there. Fauna and the baby weren't in the room when Seb woke. The sun had long since risen. He pulled on a shirt and pants and clumsily ran through both sets of the chamber doors. Vivin wasn't there waiting for him. Seb ran to the private common room, and to his relief, everyone was there. Fauna laughed when she saw her husband bedraggled and confused. She rose from a settee and went to greet him. Seb saw his mother gently rocking Odax in her arms. Fauna went to fix Seb's untamed hair, and he took her hands, holding them at his chest. Why are you up and about? You should be resting. Fauna gave Seb an amused smile, her smoky gray eyes shining with happiness. You know me. I can't be idle all day. But you just gave birth. Fauna raised an eyebrow, and Seb stopped. You should have woken me, he mumbled. I will next time. Fauna gave him a kiss and ran her fingers through his medium-length, messy hair to give it some sense of style. Good morning, Sebastian. Felicita entered the room with Zayraid at her shoulder. 
the infant saw Seb and started his baby talk. Felicita sat next to her father and Kyle in a group of plush chairs and kept the prince on her knee. We were discussing Odax's presentation a moment ago. Fauna led Seb to the settee and he sat down between her and his mother. It was a tradition for royalty to be presented to the public shortly after their birth. Zayraid hadn't had a formal presentation when he was born for fear of public outlash. Many people were still coming to terms with Prince Leo's affair when his son was born, and the guards didn't want to run the risk of an assassination attempt. We were thinking in a week, and then a short, informal service where people can come and pay their respects. What do you think? Fauna asked. Seb rubbed the sleep out of his eyes. Sure. When do I get to present him to the dragons? Fauna sighed. Our dragons all you ever think about. Seb pressed his lips together firmly and stared at the ceiling for a moment. No, I do think about you sometimes. Fauna pushed his head playfully. You can bring some into the Great Hall today if you'd like, but I don't want him going outside yet. Seb was pleased with that response, and more pleased when his mother passed over the infant. He placed Odax on his lap, and the infant stretched his arms in protest to being moved. Fauna watched Seb as he regarded his son tenderly. She wondered if he had realized that the room had gone silent. What are you thinking? She asked softly. Seb grinned, taking one of Odax's little hands in his. I can't believe I helped make this perfect little guy. Fauna stroked the back of Seb's head, and the sweet moment was interrupted by Theo and Arthur striding into the room. They reeked of cigars and were joking about whatever they had been discussing. Theo went over to the back of the couch and ruffled Seb's hair dramatically. There's the new dad, sleeping in on the job already. Seb gave him an annoyed look, because he had woken Odax. The infant began fussing, and Fauna instantly took over, shushing the baby. A servant brought a welcome cup of coffee to the great tamer and asked if he would like breakfast. Seb declined, content with his coffee. When Odax didn't calm down, Fauna murmured that he might be hungry. I'll be back. Before she could budge, Seb placed a hand on her knee. You don't need to go anywhere. If anyone has a problem with my son eating, they can leave. Fauna blinked at him, slightly taken aback. He failed to consider that the new mother might not be comfortable breastfeeding in front of a group of people. But he had a point. Find me a blanket then. Seb passed his cup of coffee to his mother and Felicita left the room with him to find a small blanket. Zayraid tottered around, toppling over onto the carpet and crawling busily. Once they were out of earshot, Fauna asked, Does anyone mind? There was a chorus of no's and head shakes. Ren was the only one in the room who blushed at the subject. Seb placed a blanket on Fauna's shoulder as he walked past and sat down again. Zayraid crawled over to him eagerly, Seb waited for the prince to be at his feet before offering his hands. The baby pulled himself up using Seb's big hands and wobbled on the spot. Before he toppled over, Seb scooped him up and started bouncing him on his knee. I've postponed the council meeting that was supposed to take place today. I hope you don't mind, Vivin said from the chairs opposite the elves. Actually, I was hoping to get it out of the way, Seb confessed. When did you move it to? To be determined. 
Well, the snow should keep everyone here. Seb watched the heavy snowfall outside of the window. Let's round them up and have the meeting this afternoon. Are you sure? Everyone is very understanding. He glanced at Fauna, who had Odax at her breast. Seb nodded and flashed his sweet smile. This meeting was the last thing I had planned for a week. It was an important meeting. The previous year's files and data had been compiled, and Seb was looking forward to the statistics. As eager as he was to be with his new son, all Odax was going to do was eat, sleep, and defecate, and make some cute sounds in between. Theo had left the room and now returned with the wolfhounds, promptly ending the conversation. He had them on a chain with a coupler, which meant whoever was handling them only had one chain to hold onto. The massive dogs scrambled to see Seb and Fauna, pulling Theo along with them. Seb quickly went to relieve his brother-in-law of the excited hounds. Theo grumbled at the chain. He would gladly buy them leather leashes. Seb settled them down and brought them over to Fauna. The instant they saw a bundle in her arms, they sat down and wagged their tails expectantly. Fauna laughed. I'm not sure if I trust them. They won't hurt him. Seb unhooked the chain from their collars. Also chain, Seb said it would make them look more fierce. The wolfhounds didn't budge. They simply wagged their tails and watched their mistress curiously. Fauna cautiously moved to the edge of the couch and proffered Odax to them. The dogs inched forward and snuffled the infant. Their brown eyes grew into wide saucers, and their tails thumped on the marble floor. A new human! How lovely! Seb crouched beside them and plopped his hand on Bramble's head. All right, boys. He's yours to protect. Don't let your guard down. Bramble gave him an indubitable look and licked his cheek. They laid at Fauna's feet, and from that day forward, followed whoever held Odax and rarely left his side. The congratulations were warm from the Dragon Tamer's Council. They were eager to meet Odax, the Great Tamer's child. A few former Great Tamers had had children, but that was before their full taming power was realized. Odax would be raised by the undisputed leader of the dragons and their tamer. What effect would that have on the child? They could only imagine. Fauna and my mother are certain he's going to look like me. Seb relayed to several tamers before the meeting began. They say he has my ears and my nose and my eyelashes. My wife said the same thing about our firstborn. One of the middle-aged council members chuckled. The boy couldn't look more dissimilar. Time will tell, was Seb's only thought on the subject. Everyone's here. Let's get this started. Motion to begin the meeting. Many things had changed since the first War of Alor. Changes they were supposed to see weren't necessarily occurring either. Alice had disbanded two of the three largest remaining groups associated with the Nen. The surviving group would need more time and planning before an assault could take place. It was the group with the highest number of Black High, the enemy tamers. Alice knew full well that she couldn't take too long, otherwise more members would join, and the numbers would increase beyond her capability she had one Cayenne Tamer casualty to report from the most recent attack. The trends were showing that more dragons had hatched in the past year than in recent years, which Seb thought was wonderful. 
While it can be a good thing after a hard battle or war to replenish lost numbers, if the trends continue to rise, I would consider it alarming. The council member in charge of registering new tamers and their dragons explained, More dragons hatching means more imminent danger. They hatch in response to threats to their safety. She drummed her fingers on the table thoughtfully. Oh, and in addition to more hatchlings, we have pygmy sightings reported. The council members murmured amongst themselves. She continued, We aren't certain why. They've been elusive until recently. We're trying to investigate, but it's difficult. Where are they being spotted? Seb asked, highly curious. Along the southern edge on the Umbra, your majesty. And in some other places as well, but almost exclusively in the north of the country. Seb scratched his beard. Why would the little dragons be appearing now? No one has seen them for a few months, the council member added. I'm not surprised. I'm very certain they hibernate, Seb murmured, still lost in thought. The Dragon Tamer's council stared at the Great Tamer, who was gazing out of the window. What makes you say that? Arthur asked, breaking the silence. Seb glanced at him and saw everyone watching him. He returned his attention to the meeting. I haven't seen any since late October. My pygmy would come and visit me nearly every day. My pygmy would come and visit me nearly every day. Maybe it died, someone said bluntly. Maybe, Seb grinned. Or maybe, since they're small and resources are scarce in the winter, they hibernate. If they start appearing again in the spring, it might be safe to assume that. They could also migrate, another member suggested. Seb nodded. This is something we should be keeping a close eye on. He made eye contact with the original tamer who started the subject to press the point. He made eye contact with the original tamer who started the subject to press the point. Now, what have we learned about Malum? The council member in charge of that subject spoke up. Several claims of sightings in the north, but nothing confirmed. I've had tamers out there since the first report came in. None of them have seen him, but they have seen Nin. Seb inclined his head. Putting two and two together, sightings of bandits, Malum, and pygmy dragons, all exclusive to the north. There may be a correlation. The bandits could be disturbing their habitat, or something along those lines. Both of you. Keep that in the backs of your minds, please. The tamers nodded respectfully. Sir, I have a question. Liam, Art's project partner, raised his hand. Of course. What is it? He looked a bit timid, asking, The Day of the Dragon, are you holding it again this year? Seb blinked. I believe I said it's an annual event. Liam blushed. Yes, you did, sir. But after what happened last year, I was wondering... It will be held again. Seb's expression remained unwavered. Then, I have a suggestion, if I may. The attention of the room turned to the young tamer. He was about Seb's age. Yes, of course. I'm eager to hear it. Liam was a bit flustered by the tamer staring at him expectantly. I was thinking a Drake Doolum as a main event could spark some interest. 
The council murmured thoughtfully, and Liam added, It's just an idea. It wouldn't have to be you in the duel. Most civilians have never seen two tamers in combat, so... Seb was thrilled with the idea, but he downplayed it. He gave an approving nod. I think that's an excellent idea. We have a few months to plan. Would you like to be the forerunner? Liam nodded, still blushing. I'd be honored. How are the ogre leather trade negotiations? A female council member asked. They're going well. Theobine will be returning to Ramofsi with Lord Oral's entourage. Four master leather crafters are going as well to study under the elves. It's an involved process, but once the final draft is signed, everyone will be able to read its terms. It was the first major trade agreement since King Arond Michaelis ruled. The country was buzzing about it. It was beneficial for both economies, introducing new jobs and markets. Sebastian may have had many people who disagreed with his progressive ideas, but this was one that the majority backed. After the meeting, Seb met Fauna and Odax in the library. She had promised to meet him there, so he could take Odax to the Great Hall to meet the dragons if the infant wasn't too cranky. Well, how is he? Seb kissed his wife's head and gazed down at the infant. It's incredible how much he needs to eat, she grumbled, looking quite tired. Why don't you go rest, and I'll take him for a bit. Just to see the dragons, right? You aren't going to take him outside? I won't. Seb waited for Fauna to pass over their son, but the library door opened and caught their attention. Lord Oral entered the room, glancing over his shoulder. Ah, excellent. You are both here. Where are Grimmin and Wren? Seb asked, knowing the answer. I managed to lose them for the time being. Do you do that often? Fauna smirked. It can't be an easy task. She glanced at Alice and Vivian, who were keeping an eye on them from the hearth. Nearly 1,800 years of guards. I've learned a trick or two. He gave a faint smile. I have a gift for young Master Alor, if I may. That's too kind, Fauna responded, but the elf was already drawing out the gift from his velvet, pastel blue robes. He opened a small wooden box to reveal a woven silver bracelet the perfect size for an infant. It's beautiful, Fauna murmured. The elvish king removed the bracelet and passed the box to Seb. May I? He gently took Odax's wee wrist and clasped the bracelet around it. It's elvish silver, which has natural curative properties. As long as he wears it, he will be hard-pressed to experience common illnesses. That's fascinating, Fauna's smoky gray eyes gazed at the elf. Lord Oral nodded. If there is sickness about, the metal will blacken with toxins. Fulesita can guide you in cleaning and maintenance of it. It's a very thoughtful gift. Thank you, sir. Seb watched Odax wave his little hand with the silver band and smiled. There's also a necklace in the box for when he outgrows the band. Fauna was about to thank him again when Grimmin burst into the room with a dark expression. The king heaved a quiet sigh. May it serve him well. He returned to his guard, who glared at him in annoyance. Let us find Wren, Grim. 
What a lovely gift. Fauna smiled as she passed Odax to Seb. Mind his head. Watch out for drafts. If he cries, check his diaper first. Yes, ma'am. Seb teased and summoned Vivin. Off to the dragons they went. Nocte, Kaylee, and Ember comfortably fit inside the Great Hall. They could turn around, stretch their wings. It gave a new sense of perspective to everyone who saw them in the cavernous room. Seven-shirt Odax was well bundled as the dragons approached them. Kaylee gave Vivin an affectionate nudge before settling down to see Odax. Act surprised, Seb communicated to his dragon. Nocte laid down and folded his paws underneath him. I'm glad Fauna let us see him. We're honored. Kaylee dipped her head to the great tamer. Seb stepped up to Nocte first, and the dragon peered at the infant. His face is scrunched. An unfortunate deformity. Seb scowled and flicked Nocte's muzzle. All babies look like this, Skyhorse. Nocte huffed, and Seb showed the bundle to Kaylee. Yes, he doesn't look overly different from Vivin's hatchling when she was born. No doubt she will grow into a fine tamer like you, Seb. Do all dragons think infants were hatchlings? Seb wondered. Thank you, Kaylee. The dragon gave a loving flick of her tongue, and Seb presented his son to Ember. She was never one for words, but her chest rumbled, and she pushed Seb's head with her muzzle. I think I speak for every dragon you know. We're going to protect your kin with our lives. You represent us, you fight for us, and you care for us. We'll keep little Odax safe. Nocte stood firm on his four black paws and gazed at Odax with his emerald eyes. Kili and Ember agreed without hesitation, and when Keru and Renlin came in after them, they also pledged their lives to the tiny infant. Seb couldn't have been more touched. His son had been in the world for less than a day, and already people were promising to protect him at all costs. Charles and Rosalind Bine were set to arrive the following day. Maria and Felicita were watching Odax while Fauna rested and Seb worked. Though, Seb was making an honest effort to finish his paperwork as quickly as possible. Snow fell from a cloudy sky outside the arch windows of his study. The fireplace to his left crackled heartily, and his quill flew across the papers he was signing. Thank the greats, he was a quick reader. He never felt right signing something before reading it. There was a knock at the door, and Vivin appeared. Hey Vivin, how are you? Seb smiled. I'm well. Have you seen Odax? How's he doing? I just checked in on him. Your mother is telling him a folktale of some kind. Seb motioned for Vivin to take a seat if he wished. When the guard refused, Seb looked up from his papers. What's wrong? Business. Business? Seb echoed. Vivin's dark features were serious. Seb stowed his quill, almost apprehensively. Is everything all right? Everyone? Fauna? Alice? Your in-laws arrive tomorrow. Yes. Are there going to be any issues I should prepare for? I can't imagine Theo and Charles are getting along either. Seb shrugged, unfazed. If there's a problem, we'll deal with it. 
Charles should know by now that if he causes an upset, he'll be banned from the palace. Completely banned. Vivin's eyes followed Seb as he went to a bookshelf and pulled one of the thick texts. If need be, Seb sat back down and scanned the heavy book for a reference. Vivin went quiet for a moment. He watched the snow fall outside, then returned his gaze back to Seb. The young man closed the book and scribbled something down. Whether you like him or hate him, the truth is that Charles is the only grandfather your children will have. And? Seb focused his attention on the former mercenary again. It might be nice for them to be able to call someone grandfather. Vivin hoped his point was getting across. Sebastian smiled gently. Well, what are my kids going to call you? Vivin blinked, taken aback. While it's true, I've always teased you for being a second mother to me, both grandmother positions are already filled. So... Seb shrugged and gave Vivin his sweet smile. I mean, they can call you Vivin like the rest of us do, too. But if you're comfortable with it... The tamer didn't know what to say. It was then that he decided he needed a seat. Seb watched him silently. Vivin wanted to be close with Seb's children. It was rather natural that they would be, since he spent each day at Seb's side. But the term of endearment was more than Vivin could have asked for. Never mind, Seb started. I... Vivin held up a hand to stop him. Actually, I was thinking Grandpa has a nice ring to it. Seb smiled. It does. It suits you. And you know. Seb leaned forward a little on his desk and said in a jest whisper, it was Fauna who mentioned the idea to me, so she's all right with it. Vivin was beyond flattered. He and Fauna got along famously, but he wasn't aware she admired him so. It makes sense, really. I mean, your family, Seb added as he returned to his work. Family. A safe place to return to every night. A steady girlfriend and a steady job. Vivin could get used to this kind of life. Thanks for listening to Chapter 41, Part 2 of A Dragon Tamer's Fable, and thank you for supporting the podcast so far. I hope you're enjoying it. If you are, please share, subscribe, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Reviews help more people find the podcast, so it's a huge help. And if you're able to give a DTF an extra hand, please check out the merch and support tabs on the website. To stay up to date on content, check out a DTF podcast on Instagram or Facebook. As always, feel free to email dragontamerpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so don't be shy. Until next time, keep slaying anything but dragons. <laughs>